are you okay? Mm-hmm. You don't look okay. You look like you're pouting. Mm-hmm. I can be both. <laughs> I'm cute when I pout. <laughs> <laughs> I don't appreciate that noise you made, Ashley. <laughs> the ladies of strange i'm ashley i'm tiffany i'm rebecca thank you for joining us each week as we discuss history mystery and theory of all things questionable odd and eerie are you okay i was doing the ashley she did the i didn't do the i did the hair toss you sounded like a shaggy dog (laughs) (laughs) like you're shaking your jowls i have no self-control yeah so ashley what are we learning about today why did you just look at me in that tone of voice? So we like pitched our jowls at the same time and we've been doing everything the same tonight and we both go into our microphones at the same time. Dude, can you tell me what my story is going to be tonight? It's not going to be true crime. Um, It's going to involve a central character. It's not going to be about a place or like an event. It's going to be about a person because that's what you do. It's going to be good. <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> so far, so. Well, two out of the three. Oh, it is true crime? I don't know if it's going to be good. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh you're cute. <clears throat> so, uh, before we get started, I would like to thank biography.com. Haha! <laughs> it was right! The Jewish Women's Archive, good old Wikipedia, and random interviews and articles from Dr. Google. All right! Okay. Let's had to throw that tidbit in there. Research was a little bit rushed. There might be some copy paste things <laughs> happening <laughs> here. Cool. <laughs> I like it. That doesn't make me nervous. It's fine. It's fine. I, I judged it up and I cited my sources. Okay. All sources cited. End quote. <laughs> <laughs> quote Carola Ruth Siegel or Siegel was born June 4th, 1928 in Weinsfeld, Germany. She was the only child to an Orthodox Jewish family. Her father, Julius Segal, was a wholesaler and the son of the family for whom her mother, Irma, worked as a housekeeper. She was a curious child, and she often crept into her father's library and read his books. She loved to join her father regularly on visits to the synagogue. However, in January of 1939... Her life was turned upside down when she was sent by her mother and grandmother to an orphanage of a Jewish charity in Haydn, Switzerland. What year was that? 1939. Okay. After her father had been taken by the Nazis. Her last memory of him was seeing him arrested and removed the morning after Kristallnacht. And she was how old? I'm sorry. I'm uh, asking a lot of questions. She would have been 10. Makes me really, really sad. Okay. Yeah. Um, she was sent to uh, the protection of a Swiss school, which eventually evolved into an orphanage for Jewish refugee girls. Refugee girls? That sounds like a band. The refugee girls. Oh my God. <laughs> you could be uh, in a room by yourself and entertain <laughs> yourself for hours. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, she stayed in contact with her remaining family, but received the last letter from them in September 1941. She never saw or heard from her family again, and it has been believed that they perished in the Auschwitz concentration camp. Oh, that makes me so sad. Can, can I make a request? Oh, wait, my topic's next, next so yes. 
I was gonna say no Nazis next time, eh. and it's my topic next time. So, so I no guess no Nazis. <laughs> I guess we'll see if I listen. As to be expected, she suffered immensely during this time and was treated poorly by the more wealthy girls in school. She frequently caused concern amongst the teachers with her talkative nature and willingness to share her knowledge on taboo subjects like menstruation. Oh my god, so we'd be her friend. Yeah. This just yeah. sounds like Ashley. Yeah, fair. <laughs> It'll sound like Tiffany soon. Oh, score. After the war, she decided to immigrate to British-controlled Palestine. There, at 17, she had her first sexual encounter on a starry night in a haystack without contraception. I was not 17. <laughs> Were you in a haystack? Just throwing that out there. <laughs> on a starry night without contraception? There was contraception. I don't think it was a starry night, and I can't comment on the haystack. Okay. <laughs> Cannot confirm nor deny the, present the involvement of a, of a haystack. haystack. Um, shortly after she changed her name, excuse me, she changed her name to go by Ruth. So she went by her middle name of Ruth. She joined the Haganah, which is the Jewish underground movement fighting for the creation of a Jewish homeland. I like that. Did it involve Haganah's ice cream? Because that's all I could think when you said <laughs> Not that. Not Haganah. Haganah. H-A-G-A-N-A-H. Excellent. Haganah. Manamana. <laughs> <laughs> We're so disrespectful. <laughs> Due to her small stature of four foot seven inches, Jesus. she was trained as a sniper and a scout. Of this experience, she said, quote, I never killed anyone, but I know how to throw hand grenades and shoot. Hell yes. On June 4th, 1948, which was her 20th birthday, she was wounded by a bomb that took off the top of one of her feet. Oh, Jesus. Wow. Quote, my legs were almost ripped off on my 20th birthday in 1948 in Jerusalem from a cannonball shrapnel which exploded in the student's residence where I was living. Three other students were killed instantly and many more were wounded. The metal pierced both my legs and there was blood everywhere. A cannonball from Jordan had smashed through the window. I was thrown 20 feet. The strangest thing was that all I could think of was whether there might be some blood on the brand new shoes I had just gotten for my birthday. And there's Tiffany. And amazingly, there wasn't even a drop on them, which is all I cared about in some sort of strange denial. That's, th I get that. I relate to that. <laughs> my shoes! No, I really are like flying through the air. I really do, because when bad things happen, I'm like, okay, think about the good stuff. Not my nails! <laughs> I just paid to get them done! <laughs> Um, as to be expected, her recovery was difficult, and it was several months before she was able to walk again. After she healed, she took a job as a kindergarten teacher, um, which is just a little note. There wasn't a whole lot of information on her Side note, life as a teacher. I started going to school to be a kindergarten teacher. Oh, boy. This yeah. person reminds me a lot of you. Oh, yay. You'll hope it's that. a good thing <laughs> <laughs> she's not done with her story um because of her tiny frame she frequently worried that she would never marry lamenting in her diary no one is gonna want me because i'm short and ugly <laughs> first dear of diary. all <laughs> that's exactly what i'm thinking of dear diary no one's going to want me because have, i'm short and ugly i have let the podcast down yet again with my apathy <laughs> <laughs> Um, however, in 1950, an Israeli soldier from her kibbutz, mm -hmm. yep, yep, sounds right, kibbutz, mm -hmm. kibbutz, kibbutz, 
proposed marriage and she accepted immediately. Yay. The two moved to Paris, which is where her job as a teacher ended, where and Ruth studied psychology at the Sorbonne and her husband studied medicine. Ooh. Uh, Ruth later recounted to McCall magazine, everyone around me didn't have money. We went to cafes and had one cup of coffee all day long. Everyone. So pretty rough time in her life, but they were trying to make it through school and live together and love. I mean, thinking back to all the people I've known in school, that's, yeah. And they were in medical school. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. He was studying medicine and she was studying psychology. So not cheap. However, the marriage ended after five years and her husband went back to Israel. Oh, upon receiving. You're not saying Matthew and I are going to be over in five years, are you? No. Crickets. I'm not a psychic. I just telling a story. Well, this bitch better do some (laughs) cool stuff. Upon receiving a restitution check for 5,000 marks, which is approximately $1,500, from the West German government, Ruth left Sorbonne and sailed with her French boyfriend to New York, uh-huh. where a place to live and a plan to enter the new school for social research. And a plan to enter the new school for social research on a scholarship for victims of the Holocaust. One more time. Words. <laughs> With her French boyfriend to New York. <laughs> We're a place to live and a plan to enter the new school for social research on a scholarship for victims of the Holocaust awaited her. Yay! Did it. <laughs> <laughs> Once in New York, Ruth gave birth to a baby girl, Miriam, and divorced the Frenchman who she only married to legalize the pregnancy. Oh. No. Oh. Well then. Okay. okay. She got shit done. Uh, she worked as a housemaid to support her daughter while attending English lessons and evening classes at the new school. In 1959, she graduated with a master's degree in sociology and went to work as a research assistant at Columbia University. Ashley's got high hopes for me. I oh. appreciate you, boo. Just wait. This person didn't really peak until they were in like their 50s. I mean, I There's feel still pretty- a chance. I feel pretty fly for a white girl right now, so I guess I'm going to be even flyer. (laughs) Um, While on a ski trip in the Catskills Mountains with her six-foot-tall boyfriend in 1961. Keep in mind, she's four-foot-seven. She, like, came up to... (laughs) (laughs) Tiffany, shame on you. Ruth met and fell in love with Manfred Westheimer, also a Jewish refugee and a much more compatible physical match for Ruth at five foot five inches. (laughs) Nine months later, they were married. So keep in mind, she left her boyfriend that she was on vacation with for a man that she met on vacation. Does Matthew need to worry about like what you think of going to do? Just don't go to the Catskills. It was the 60s. <laughs> Nine months later, they were married. Ruth became an American citizen shortly after, and soon the couple had Ruth's second child, their first together, their son, Joel. In the late 1960s, Ruth took a job at Planned Parenthood in Harlem, New York, and was somewhat alarmed to find herself participating in frank discussions about sex. All right. Okay. This is where I come into play. In a big way. However... She soon became comfortable and in 1967 was appointed project director. She simultaneously worked towards her doctorate degree in family and sex counseling through Columbia University evening classes. And in the early 1970s, she became an associate professor of sex counseling at the Lindham College in the Bronx. Hail. Yes. 
She also went to work as a postdoctoral researcher for Helen Kaplan, who is an Australian-American sex therapist and the founder of the first clinic in the United States for sexual disorders. Kaplan was also dubbed the, quote, sex queen because of her role as a pioneer in sex therapy during the sexual revolution in 1960s America. Get it, girl. (laughs) Upon moving to Brooklyn College and promptly being fired, Ruth found herself feeling rejected and destitute, later saying, it made me feel as I did when I got kicked out of Germany, angry, helpless, and rejected. But she came back. However. However. (laughs) I like that word. Ruth's life and career took a fortunate turn when she gave a lecture to New York broadcasters about the need for sex education programming to dispel the silence around such issues as contraception and unwanted pregnancies yes girl you go queen so do either of you know who we're talking about yet nope no okay well before we get to that point i feel like i should by now (gasps) wait i think i know who we're talking about get it girl you are a queen (laughs) yeah 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 let's drink so i can party (laughs) shall we take a quick drink break yes yeah okay drink break We all grew up listening to stories of creatures in far-off lands. Whether it was the Easter Bunny, leprechauns, or something else, they were made to explain the unexplained and to entertain. With Cryptid Technical, we'd like to do both while mixing in a little bit of comedy. We're hoping that you sit down, find one you'd like to hear about, and enjoy the show. New episodes upload Wednesday on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and all major podcatchers. Okay, I think I know who we're talking about, and I feel like a queen for being compared to and her. And no, there were no spoilers during the drink break. She figured it out as we were going on drink break, or she thinks she figured it out. I think I figured it out, and I am pumped. I don't know if you're going to know who this is, though, Rebecca. I, I don't know what to expect. I'm so happy right now. Yeah, I don't know if y'all know who this is. But I'm like giddy. I'm Also, let me just like put this out there. like The fact that you were like... I remember this person. I want to research them. Makes me so proud to be your best friend. <laughs> okay. It's one of those things where I like would have never thought of this person. And I'm so happy. And I love you. So, you know, who, who are we talking about, Tiffany? We're talking about the doctor. or Not the doctor. The, the lady on TV who had the little, um, the man and the woman little things. And she would give sex advice and like sex therapy. The and late night like person? Yes. I love her. And she was the old lady that was always just like. She was kind of blunt sometimes, and it made me real happy because she was just like, this is what you need. Do you remember watching this at my house? Yes. Okay. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm so happy right now. Are you, are you going to make me YouTube this afterwards? Oh, okay. Oh, my God. You should. She's fabulous. Okay. All right. I feel like a queen. So okay, let's dive let's, on it. Let me adjust my crown real quick. <laughs> <laughs> so after her lecture that she gave about the need for sex education programs, the talk, the lecture impressed Betty Elam, who is a community affairs director of the New York radio station WYNYFM. My favorite. And subsequently... New York, New York? WYNYFM. What? Okay. West York, New York. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Why you, New York? (laughs) (laughs) We're done guessing what that is. Uh, Betty subsequently offered Ruth $25 a week to make, sexually speaking, a 15-minute show every Sunday that would air just after midnight. 
How can we do this? I'm so happy. (laughs) (laughs) The show was an immediate success and Ruth soon had a loyal following. She proved to have a real genius for communicating joy and human sexuality while at the same time informing her audiences about responsibility, sexually transmitted diseases, and safe sex. She is. Sorry. I just got to throw. I'm so happy right now. (laughs) She is. I remember watching her when I was like, what? We were like 11 and 12 or 12 and 13. I, I don't even know. We were young. And I remember watching this with Ashley. And like for a very long time, I believed in abstinence till marriage, no drink. Oh. See, even my my microphone says <laughs> Your microphone's like, oh, um, but hello. I was very straight edge and like, but I remember watching that and thinking like, man, like she's teaching me stuff that mm-hmm. is like, not only is it like fascinating to this little girl or to this like teenager that's watching this, but it's also like, okay, when I do decide to do it, like I know how it should be done responsibly. Mm-hmm. And that was very helpful. That was so. one thing that she has always pushed for. Oh, I love her. Um, because of... The success, producers expanded her time slot to one hour and chose to open up the phone lines to allow callers to ask their personal questions on air. The phone lines were jammed every Sunday night starting as early as 8.30. Oh, shit. Oh, her show went on at midnight. Get it, girl. And producer Susan Brown had to screen the calls to pick out the most interesting and urgent questions. By the summer of 1983, sexually speaking, was attracting a quarter of a million listeners weekly. Get it, girl. Whoa. The message was clear. America desperately needed Dr. Ruth Westheimer. In 1983, Westheimer published her first book, Dr. Ruth's Guide to Good Sex. I love her. By 1984, her radio show was syndicated nationally. Also in 1984, she began hosting several television programs on the Lifetime Network. From that point on, Dr. Ruth's career skyrocketed. However, the fans who adored her frank and non-judgmental approach to their sexual quarries were equally matched by conservative critics who found her advocacy of contraception and sexual openness threatening and irresponsible. (laughs) That aggravates me so bad. No, look, as long as you tell people not to do it, they won't do it. And they don't need to know why they shouldn't do it. Because that's how it works. That is how it works. No, no touchy. No touchy. Uh-uh. Bad. Um, she always took criticism into account, but nevertheless insisted that she was providing a much needed educational service to her listeners. Mm-hmm. She eventually expanded her influence to newspaper columns and a column in Playgirl magazine, along with her lifetime cable television series, Good Sex with Dr. Ruth Weth- Withheimer. <laughs> I love her. And that's the show that me and Tiffany used to watch. Look, they had the, t- she had the man. You know, the, the little woman. artistic posable dolls. Yeah. That are like the little jointed. Mm-hmm. She had those and she would use them to show the different car- positions. Karma Sutra. And- not really not Karma really. Sutra. That was me like- being facetious. Ah, uh, look at you. Not only <laughs> does she teach safe sex and like responsible sex, but she was also very um, girl power about female orgasms yes ah. so she would tell you what to do to pleasure your partner Mm-hmm. and she was i remember i don't even remember what the call was about but i remember she took a call and there was some question and it's kind of a i don't want to say a stupid question because the person was obviously trying to get some information but she basically was like mm, we're not going to answer that question but we're going to answer this one that will get you where you need to be because that question just wasn't worth it <laughs> and i was like oh she's so sassy yeah, she's so sassy and she's like teaching stuff and it was never anything that was like 
I want to say it was never anything that was um, pornographic because, Mm -hmm. you know, basically she's talking about sex and like using these figurines to show you things. So obviously there is a little bit of that to it, but it was always done in a very like, I don't know. Educational. Yeah, that's the word I was looking for. So Dr. Ruth, man. I feel like that's what should be shown. Not necessarily the full conversations, but like she should make a sex ed DVD. Yes, she would. Is she still alive? Mm -hmm. Ah, my God, she's still alive. I know everybody always talks about Betty White and like Betty White's got, I think, like six years on her. But still. Oh, Dr. Ruth. National treasure right there. Right. And after you guys listen to this, you should go like find some interviews with her because she's a hoot and a hife. I want to like put her face on the back of a quarter. (laughs) (laughs) What? She's amazing. I love her. (laughs) If I could have dinner. First of all, I think the faces are on the front slash the head of the quarter. Not schematics. Not important. No. Not a sex quarter. (laughs) No. You will still have Jefferson on the front of it. Which? It's not Jefferson on the quarter. It's on a quarter. The Jefferson's on the quarter? That is George Washington. He's also on the dollar. (laughs) So in 1995... Westheimer co-authored Heavenly Sex, Sexuality in the Jewish Tradition with Jonathan Mark. Drawing on traditional Judaic sources, it grounds the famous sex therapist philosophy on Orthodox Jewish teachings. So it basically was a sex book like specifically for Jewish couples. Hmm. Okay. And of course, got a lot of backlash from the Jewish community. In 1991, she donned the title of executive producer for a documentary on Ethiopian Jews entitled Surviving Salvation. Her PBS documentary entitled No Missing Link described how grandparents transmitted values, particularly religious values, during the 70 years of communism in Russia. This woman, she's brilliant. She's amazing. I love her. Side note, it is Washington. I'm an idiot. But God, I love Ruth. (laughs) Muhammad. In 1994. He's not on the quarter either, Ashley. He's on my They're just going to aim it at us. It's fine. I have Muhammad and Ruth on my quarters, okay? No, we've got... These are 75 cents, okay? <laughs> Wait. 75 cent pieces. In 1994, uh. Westheimer entered cyberspace with Dr. Ruth's Encyclopedia of Sex on CD-ROM. Ooh. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which included 250 entries that dealt straightforwardly with all areas of sex and sexuality. She followed it up with sex for dummies in the famous series of how-to manuals. She told USA Today that her first reaction to the idea of the book was negative. Quote, when they approached me, I said, absolutely no. I do not talk to dummies. I talk to intelligent people. God, I love her so much. She changed her mind, however, when she recognized the irony of the titles and their disarming appeal to a wide segment of the population. And then said, quote, hold it. If I can prevent one unintended pregnancy, one person from getting AIDS, or one person from getting a sexually transmitted disease, it will be worth it. I just want to wrap her up in a big burrito <laughs> hug. Does she get a Glen Coco Award? Oh, this oh. woman, she is like the originator of the Glen Coco Award. I think oh, it my will bad. be a Dr. Ruth Award. Oh my God. <gasps> Polish Dr. Ruth. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. She did go to Poland. She did. I'm dying. <laughs> All right, Glenn Coco. <laughs> Glenn Coco, you are no momo. <laughs> Dr. Ruth has taken... Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh. 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 <laughs> I love 
for so much. This optimistic, affirmative, and wholesome approach leaves Westheimer open to criticism and satire. It is a testament to the endurance of the human spirit that someone who is exposed to the horrors of humanity and experienced great sorrow at an early age is able to look away from the darkness and towards the light. She told an interviewer at the 1995 Frankfurt Book Fair, quote, I was kicked out in 1939 by being placed on a train right here in Frankfurt. I never saw my parents again. Every time I'm sad, I just have to think about my five-year-old grandson. Hitler didn't want me to have a grandson. I put the picture of my grandson in my mind and say, you see, I'm getting chills. We did triumph. So I do therapy on myself. Oh, my God. I have chills. I do, too. And I've read this. this multiple times. Look at this. I have literal bumps. Yeah, you have goosebumps. I love her. In May of 2000, Westheimer received an honorary doctorate from Hebrew Union College Institute of Religion for her work in human sexuality and her commitment to the Jewish people, Israel, and the region. In 2001, she received the Ellis Island Medal of Honor and the Leo Baic Medal. In 2004, she received the degree of Doctor of Letters Honoris Casa from Trinity College. Um, she is an adjunct professor at New York University and an associate fellow of Calhoun College at Yale University. And she is also the president of the Young Men's Hebrew Association of Washington Heights. Over the years, she has written over 20 books, including her autobiographical works, All in a Lifetime, and Musically Speaking, A Life Through Song. Oh my God, I didn't think she could get any better. <laughs> In 2009, an off-Broadway play about her life, Becoming what? Dr. Ruth, opened. <laughs> and in 2014, another play, Becoming Dr. Ruth, debuted at the Virginia Respiratory Theater. Tiffany's broken. She currently resides in Washington Heights area of New York City in the same apartment. Just what? Uh, between her two children, she has four grandchildren, and she is still as active as ever. She has a strong social media following and continues to write books, teach, and lecture. <laughs> Twitter <laughs> at Ask Dr. Ruth. It's Twitter. amazing. Okay, so I don't tweet. I'm tweeting now. I will be on Twitter strictly for Dr. Ruth. This woman is formative in my everything. Like, yeah. And I had no idea about her history. Right? For her to go. So before I knew all of that, I thought this woman was like the tits. And now I think she is the bee's knees, the tits, the new Glen Coco. New Glen Coco. She is everything. Goes on the front of the quarter. She does. 75 cents. No, she goes on the back of the quarter. The Muhammad's on the front. Um, <laughs> no, she is a brilliant woman mm -hmm. obviously and i feel like the thing i like most about her is like i always knew she was a smart woman but many people just see her as like the sex doctor so they don't think of her as very smart but right. obviously she's a genius this woman has got the education and she kind of takes life and is like this is mine i'm gonna take it i'm gonna do what i want would you with say it. she grabs it by the balls i would say that and i bet she but would tell gently. you i would tell i bet she would tell you exactly how she does it and the best way to do it to help reach male orgasm yes because she is kind like that it's an equal opportunity it is position opportunity moment yep. it is yeah everyone should get their jollies exactly and let dr ruth help Oh, I'm so happy right now. Yeah, she's quite fantastic. And that's a Dr. Ruth Westheimer. What made you think, like, I'm going to research Dr. Ruth? You want an honest answer? Yes. <laughs> Do our so, listeners want honest answers? <laughs> oh, no, it's not anything bad. So a while ago, I was waiting to get my hair cut. And I was flipping through a magazine. And I think it might have been in style. 
I don't know, some random magazine. Actually, had an article on her and I started flipping through it and realizing some of the history. And I have a running list on my phone of subjects that I want to cover. Uh-huh. So I just went back and I was like, oh, I'll jot her down. And ta-da! <laughs> I am so happy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry if I kind of took over. Rebecca, uh, do you have anything to say, honey? No, you pretty much said it all in noises <laughs> and understanding currency <laughs> <laughs> and historical figures. There. Yeah. No, um, I apologize for how excited I am right now. I really don't. But <laughs> this woman means a lot to me. We had a lot of fuck the patriarchy going on. So I was like, F it. We'll just make the matriarchy a thing. There we go. Yes. And this woman <laughs> could lead it. She could. And she could lead it well and tell you exactly how to lead it on the way. Mm-hmm. And to pleasure your partners while doing it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's an equal opportunist. Yeah. I, <laughs> thinking back on it, it's been years since I've watched that show. Years and years. But a lot of people have a lot of gra- uh, owe her a lot of gratitude. I don't want to say a lot. That sounds terrible. <laughs> no, it's probably. Oh, you mean from you? Yes. I, I was just talking in general. <laughs> and now she's just laughing awkwardly. That's a terrible. I just I mean just... a lot of people in general. Yes. That. And, and that there's probably an literally a lot of people that have her to think that they are here. Fair. She yeah. could repopulate after some massive catastrophe. Just like, no, no, nope. I know. Nope. We are trying to, we have a point to reach here, mm-hmm. but we're going to do it gently and correctly. Yes. And she wasn't just like, she wasn't just like all about, this is how you have sex. It was like, this is what's going on behind that. And here's like why it's important. And here are the things that you need to do to be safe. And not here's why it's important to be safe. Mm-hmm. And if you aren't, here's what you can do to correct that or live with your life moving forward. And she's a brilliant woman. Oh, I love her. I'm so happy. <laughs> I just want to like hug somebody. Well, hug Ashley. Do you want to hug Dr. Ruth? I want to hug Dr. Ruth. I'm afraid I'll like squeeze her though. I, I mean, she's tiny. I did listen to an interview where somebody made a comment about her stature. And how she was only four foot seven. Mm-hmm. And she was like, and you know the problem with living this long? I've lost half an inch. Oh my so she's God. really only four foot six and a half now. Makes me love her even more. <laughs> so she, oh, you could just keep her in your pocket. She'd be like, my walk it in a pocket. Oh, instead of a flat Stanley. And you know how Wine and Crime has a Dan- David statue? Yeah. Can we have a Dr. Ruth? <laughs> oh my God. Please. She's now I'm lost. Okay, we're she was homeschooled, so she never did flat Stanley. Okay, that's fine. Let me reach out to her on Twitter and see if she's okay with this. What's her Twitter again? At Ask Doctor Ruth. Oh, girl, we're gonna be best friends. <laughs> I see if she's okay if we take her on our world travels. We'll explain flat Stanley to you. <laughs> she's adorable. So let's wrap this up so okay. we can teach her about little homeschool about uh, flat Stanleys. Flat little homeschool. Flat little homeschool. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dr. Ruth, I'm sorry. We're going to go show her Dr. Ruth YouTubes and teach her about flat Stanley. So remember, friends, everyone has something that they find odd. Let us tell you why it's not. If you have any questionable topics you'd like us to discuss or any questions on Stockholm Syndrome, you can share them with us on any of our social medias. Links can be found on our website, theladiesestrange.com. Yes, that's a joke. Don't take it personally. That's not on the board. (laughs) There's nothing about Stockholm Syndrome. We do not document this. Or you can email them to us at ladiesestrange at gmail.com. So people who use emojis have more sex, according to Dr. Ruth. Oh. What? I'm not an emoji user. 
<laughs> if there was a Dr. Ruth emoji master in the possibilities, okay. Um, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. And if you think we're doing a great job and want to support the show, you can find us on Patreon. And we've got some bonus content always hitting up there. And we're doing the month of strange and it's stuff you don't want to miss out on because who wants to miss out on all that cool stuff? Ashley's doing the like ghetto hands. It's great. So come hang out with us and keep it strange. Sexy, lovely. Oh, yeah. 